Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In Squash Podcast, episode 184, and I'm your host, uh, Jerry Gibson, and today we're going to be talking about the uh, Squash Summit, which is upcoming on March 5th and 6th, hosted by the Sportageous uh, Sports Media Platform and the man, the content creator behind all of this, the guy who's put most of all of this together is uh, Zushan Hashmi, and uh, Zushan and I talk about uh, the the Squash Summit, which is upcoming uh, March 5th and 6th. Uh, day one, keynote speaker is none other than the PSA CEO, Alex Goff and then on day two we have uh, Zena Woolbridge the president the new uh, president of the World Squash Federation and uh, they're going to be leading off the uh, two fantastic days uh, put together for this squash summit and really looking forward to uh, to partaking in that myself uh, attending each of the sessions and uh, Zushan lays all of that out and uh, really enjoyed uh, hearing what he has to say his vision behind the squash summit how it all came together and uh, it was a really uh, interesting chat we not not only did we talk about that but uh, we talked about uh, the social media platform known as sportageous uh, what it uh, what it involves it's squash it's cricket it's a uh, uh, climbing other sports that are more or less niche sports like like squash but uh, how that all came about for him a bit of a backstory on Zushan and uh, so much more but uh, obviously the big topic here uh, and over the next few days we'll be having others from the squash summit on uh, on the podcast but uh, he'll be laying that out for us and it should be a uh, an unbelievable event and if you haven't signed up for it please do so you'll hear how to do uh, how to do that on the podcast today with Zushan. So enjoy this one. It's episode 184 with Zushan Hashmi of the Sportageous uh, Sports Media Platform. We're talking about the Squash Summit, March 5th and 6th, and also about uh, Sportageous itself. Hey, how are you, Jerry? How's it going? Hey, man. How are you? It's great to have uh, you on. I mean, uh, we met... uh, I'm not sure, maybe six months ago or so, we did a Zoom, yeah. uh, and it was sort of sp- what what spawned a little piece in, on uh, on Sportageous uh, about uh, yeah. the podcast, which I really appreciate, and it got some really good feedback, so appreciate you for Great. that. It's about time we had you on, so uh, no better yeah. occasion than the uh, than the Squash Summit, not that we need a, an excuse for that, uh, Sushant. So, uh, you know, uh, just in terms of... Uh, you know, we, you got the squash summit coming up. Obviously, we're going to uh, talk about that. But uh, squash in Australia right now, uh, I, they're playing, aren't they? Uh, they just had the nationals there a few uh, last week. Yeah. So look, it's been it's been incredible. Um, it was over in Bega in New South Wales just over the weekend, um, and it was really really good fun. I actually dro- drove over to. You know, see everybody and uh, take some pictures. I'm not much of a photographer, but we got some nice shots. Uh, okay. Got to meet everybody. Did did some interviews. Uh, you know, obviously Rachel and yeah, uh, Rachel and Rice. Uh, Rachel Grinham still going strong, which was uh, good to see. And uh, you know, it, it overall it was fantastic. And I think Australia is just really lucky with everything at the moment that we've been able to host this sort of event and kudos. I mean, honestly, kudos to uh, the Biga Squash Center and the promoter there, John, and then also Squash Australia for making it happen because they were 
really, really supportive of us coming uh, down to Bega as well. It's a tiny little town in uh, uh, the southern New South Wales, just about 30 minutes off, off the coast, the south coast over here. And, you know, it was beautiful, sunny, a uh, couple of days on the weekend. I wasn't there for the first two days, but the tournament was phenomenal. It was obviously streamed online as well. Mm. Uh, lots of people tuned in. Uh, you know, I think they got over 20,000 views on that. People watched it live and and it was a lot of fun. And just meeting meeting everybody from the squash community there. That's something that we haven't really been able to do in person with on the Sportageous side of things as well, because we really launched just prior to the pandemic. So it was fantastic. You know, I'd spoken to Jenny Duncalf um, on Sportageous prior, uh, very early on last year. And then to have met her uh, was great. And, you know, got, get to catch up and, oh, there, you know, there's a name to the, uh, there's a face to the name and that sort yeah. of thing. So it was really, really good. And, and the squash was wonderful. And I think the overall organization of the event event was awesome and they've got more coming up which is great to see too that's good yeah that's real that, that bodes well then um i was going to ask you though i mean obviously uh, jenny's fantastic and she does uh, i think a lot for the game we we only see her uh, we've seen everyone's seen her on squash tv with her mc uh duties and stuff but she does a lot for the game in australia but aside from that uh uh rachel um having won that event at the age of 44 and uh I mean, I don't know if I don't think I have enough fingers to count how many she's won uh, national titles. Uh, I had to go to toes, I guess, on that one. But um, uh, did you get when you caught up with uh, with Rachel? Because I know she she's uh, she's not one to to do a lot of interviews and types things like that. You know, she was a former world number one, uh, world champion, best player in the game for several years, and still playing at a very high level. Um, what was your what? How did she uh, respond to having? Uh, having won that uh, national title at that age? Look, I think, uh, you know, something you would expect from someone of her uh, stature, she was extremely humble. Uh, her focus is the Commonwealth Games. That's okay. where she wants to be. And she said, yeah, and, she, you know, she she's confident that she can uh, pull through for another 18 months. And based on how she's playing, that's definitely how it looks. And just before us, she had done another interview. So she was on a roll there that day, which was, uh, <laughs> which was awesome. And, um, you know, it was, it was just great. And she was really, really uh, polite. And, you know, I just, I just went over for the weekend, made a weekend out of it with my, with my wife. And uh, we were all chatting and having conversations and it was a lot of good fun. So none of that, um, you know, this is a former world number one we're speaking to. So there has to be some sort of hesitance or a little bit of decorum. None of that was around. Very casual, very much the Australian way. <laughs> that's, all, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, that would have been fantastic. And on the men's side, I didn't, uh, I, I wasn't following that. Who won the, the men's uh, national, the, the title for the men? Yeah, right. So both the finalists uh, were from the Northern Territory or Darwin. And okay. uh, it was... So Reese beat Joe, Joe White. So Reese, uh, Reese won through. I think he's ranked somewhere in the top hundred at the moment. He's he's one of the up and coming guys. Yeah. And you know they they had a pretty good game. And those two, uh, those two boys, they're quite. They've been playing together since they were the age of eight. So they know okay. each other's game really really well. 
And, uh, you know, you could see the joy there because obviously winning the Australian Open, that's, you know, you're going back in the days, that's Jeff Hunt, uh, the great Jahangir, um, you know, their, their head coach over there, uh, Stuart Boswell, all of them have yeah. won it. And to, to, to win that in this situation uh, with everything going on around the world, you could see the joy uh, of winning it. It was absolutely phenomenal. And it's, it's good to see that, you know, there are new players coming up, uh, up and coming players on the men's scene as well, which is really, really positive for the game here. Brilliant. Now, um, I want to get into that a little bit uh, later on. Uh, we'll get into talking about the squash and Sportages and obviously the big, uh, we're rolling out. Uh, this is the ramp up towards uh, uh, the Squash Summit, which is really exciting. I I'm excited. I'm also going to have uh, Kenzie on uh, here in a couple of days, which will be which will be great. But uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. I want to get a just a little bit of a backstory on, uh, on you, uh, Zushan. Uh, if you don't mind, you you're in Australia now, but uh, you spent, as I, if memory serves, a number of years in in the UAE. Uh, so, sort of, uh, how, how uh, gives a bit of a, a backstory there in terms of where you came from and how uh, where Sport Ages was born from, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, unlike a lot of people in squash. Uh, I am very much an outsider, as are my partners at Sportagis. Uh, you know, I started playing the game because of because uh, of my father, as mo as a lot of squash uh, players do nowadays, even if they're just social players like myself. And he was a national uh, university champion in in Pakistan, where I'm originally from. So you know, the standard. You go to the court with your old man, play a bit of the game, have a bit of a hit, have have some fun. That's how I got into it and have always sort of been passionate about it because of that. And my story is is one of those global sort of third culture kid stories uh, originally from from uh, Pakistan, Karachi, never lived there, but was born and raised in Dubai. I think when I was about four years old, I or three years old, moved to Australia because my dad was doing his PhD here. Uh, you know, we we lived here for about three years. I uh, we became Australians, obviously because of work. We moved back to the UAE and to Dubai. I was there till 2010. Okay. Um, did all my schooling and high schooling there, and now you know it's it's about to be 11 years since I've left. I mm. visit Dubai every year. Um, uh, of course, barring last year, which was the first time in a long time, haven't been back. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's been great. And I've been in Australia 10 years. I've lived in Brisbane, Sydney. And now of course I reside in, in the beautiful, uh, tiny city of Canberra, which gets a lot of slack, but is, is pretty phenomenal. 15 mm. minutes to get to work, five minutes to get to the movies, to the supermarket, yeah. everything you want in a nice compact little place sort of like ottawa in canada where everything's close yeah. by and it's it's the capital yeah uh, yeah the close by in the capital exactly yeah. and, and yeah. if you tell yeah. that we're waiting for hours in dubai traffic <laughs> oh tell me about Whoa. it uh, <laughs> Crazy. It's, uh it's, and before you could drive you'd have really to catch traffic, uh, is it? it's always just all the construction <laughs> that that never seems to end you know <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, uh, you know, I, it's it's a bit of a relief that um, I drive now because I left Dubai just as I turned uh, 19 and I'd gotten my license. So over there it was just cab rides and cab rides are always 
And that's well, yeah, but, but you don't you don't want to be dry. I would not want my kids uh, I'm dating myself now, comparing you to a kid, <laughs> kid. But I wouldn't want. <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't want my kids driving in Dubai. Well, I will say my dad didn't let me drive much in in Dubai for. I assume similar reasons to what you would probably have with your kids. <laughs> it's uh, I do drive there now. I do I do come back and and drive yeah. around. But I think you know hitting uh, hitting thirty, so I think I'm okay to do that now. But not when I was nineteen. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah, I'd hate to see what my uh, traffic record would look like if I'd been driving when I was eighteen uh, here in Dubai. <laughs> but uh, so yeah. So yeah, so Sportageous uh, was sort of born out of uh, your your uh, your love for squash as you grew up with playing a little bit of squash with your dad, and then then Sportageous came about. Did you play? Uh, you played a little bit in Dubai, did you? Because I mean, uh, I did or in Abu Dhabi, I guess. Yeah. No, so I just played a bit in Dubai in a couple of um, small academies, just with some friends and with my dad mostly here and there. Okay. And then I played quite a bit uh, of socials in Brisbane at the University of Queensland where I was studying. So that's where, you know, the passion grew a bit more because I got to implement what what my dad had taught me about right. the game. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Sportageous is really interesting in that one, of course, we're not we don't just cover squash, but of course, squash is one of the sports that we focus on quite significantly, obviously with the squash summit being our first uh, entry into that uh, event world. And that's going to be with squash. And, you know, the sort of response we've received from the squash community has been fantastic mm, with the absolutely. content that we've done. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna say um, the, the, the website, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, what I what I would describe it is it's very dynamic. Uh, you've got several. It's not just one platform. You've got a number of different types of platforms, and uh, you're focusing. And, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is just my assessment. It's more like a, you've got a lot of niche sports where you don't really uh, hear much about them, but there's a, a lot of people are actually in, interested in and involved in them, including squash, but also cricket which is hugely popular uh and i'm assuming you're, yeah. you're a huge cricket guy so that, 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 that's where that comes from yeah <laughs> um well i think that that comes with being pakistani probably <laughs> uh as you would as, as you would know in the uae when you see indians and pakistanis Every, bangladeshis everywhere yeah. Lankans, it's cricket everywhere yeah so we do cricket we do tennis uh, rock climbing and soccer or football as well. And you're, you're completely on point with the assessment, Jerry. The idea has always been, even with those larger sports, it's the stories that you wouldn't hear. So let's say cricket outside of Australia, England, India, Pakistan, rather cricket in Papua New Guinea or in Thailand, mm -hmm. Argentina, those sorts of places. We know we did a feature with, with a person, uh, with, a, with an NGO in Liberia, where this guy is helping helping young kids come out of the struggles that they faced in the Liberian civil war through football or soccer. Wow. So those are the kind of stories that we really like to push with Sportages. And the idea around it, honestly, it's, you know how they say a bunch of uh, people just stumbled upon uh, an idea and eventually became a business. It was never intended to be one. 
uh, with with the video cast and and everything else. And we've also launched a couple of other strands within that. One, of course, the Squash Summit, which we'll talk about later. But we've also started a consultancy side of things where we work with sports technology companies, young startups, and then also athletes on helping them with their social media website, mm -hmm. uh, you know, writing up their blogs, things they don't have time for, but sticking with the sportageous ideal, which is keeping things cheap and high quality because often things get extremely expensive. And with our content, we don't charge anybody to, we don't take sponsorships from them to promote their posts. Uh, obviously it's a little bit different on the conference side, but we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, uh, I was just gonna say, and, and you hit it, uh, you, you mentioned it there. I mean, the, the, the Sportageous site, I mean, with all of your platforms and, and every, it's very slick and it's very professional looking and, and it looks like, uh, to the naked eye anyways it looks like there's you guys put a lot of you know had a bit of a backing there or you know but obviously you guys know what you're what you're doing in terms of the it side and how to you know design uh, uh, the website and, and everything but it's very very well put together uh, i must say yeah look thanks jerry i mean i will take no credit whatsoever for that <laughs> because that is all my co-founder for khan he is a whiz he's a self-taught web developer, uh, a maestro when it comes to tech and, you know, doing all that backend stuff, coding it, coming up with uh, finding the appropriate apps, the process systems and design. He's a self-taught designer as well. And he does all of that. I'm definitely more of the talker and more of the writer. Uh, yeah. He does all that stuff coming up with the conceptualizing what it looks like why it looks like that, the idea behind our logo, everything is him. So yeah. all the credit goes to him. I won't yeah, take yeah. any leave, of that. Leave to him. Yeah. And yeah. Leave it to you. I mean, you guys are doing it on both ends. And, and uh, I think there's a third guy as well. Uh, uh, there are three of you yeah. involved, right? Yeah, so Hassan, uh, who's been uh, who's been away for a while, is also involved with us, and he helps out with a lot of business development, um, and you know, talking to a lot of people just to secure mainly different uh, content pieces and interviews and that sort of stuff. So he's around too, and yeah. helps us out once in a while. Yeah, uh, it's a fan. I mean, I uh, I've got this podcast, and I just sort of struggle to you know piece together uh, an audacity file at the end of a, of a podcast. Uh, uh, but I mean, what you guys do uh, as a team, maybe I need to think uh, more sort of a, sort of branching out, broadening the scope of, uh, of what I do in order to, I mean, uh, it's fairly simple what, what I'm doing, but I think I could probably take a page out of your book and uh, expand a little bit. Look, I think you're doing fantastic work, Jerry. I, in my in my eyes, what I would love to see the In Squash podcast be is you have your own slick website where people can, in an ideal world, also get summaries of the conversations that you've had with the athletes. But to really get into it deep, they can yeah. listen into what you guys are talking about. Everything's accessible through your website. And, you know, it would be even more awesome if we had the video versions of them as well. So that's right. Here, so in it, you got the retro you know, disco, disco look, and I've got, 
squash court. <laughs> You've got the squash at the back, nothing better. Um, just just on that point, uh, Jerry, I did want to add that, you know, there's this saying in the in the content world that we're really starting to live by and sort of realize, and we do this with one piece of content or one sort of interview or uh, Q&A or anything, you can come up with 10 to 15 different content pieces. So that can be a yeah. little video clip that can be a written piece, that can be a podcast, that can be a, a little quote on your Instagram. So it's just a matter of essentially time, mate. You know, yeah, no. <laughs> what no, we exactly. I'm sure you can relate. I'm sure you can relate. We have day jobs as well as do you. Yeah. And to juggle that and then your personal life, your family, your social life, it's it's interesting. <laughs> no, absolutely. But yeah, uh, yeah, we'll keep it going as it's going. And then uh, if time uh, presents itself, uh, I'll be picking your brain again. Uh, if you don't mind, <laughs> but uh, absolutely all. Yeah. But the uh, you know, Sportage is uh, it's obvious to me that you you and your your team you've got a real soft uh, you know spot in your heart for squash, a passion for squash. Uh, for the listeners out there who might you know, a, a lot of people have heard of Sportage, but maybe some yeah. haven't. Um, just in terms of content, uh, over the time since you've started, you've had uh, several really good guests and great interviews. Uh, video casts. Uh, just give a give us some sort of a like a thumbnail of some of the the interviews that you would recommend to anyone who's the first time listening. Yeah, look, yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, my my uh, partner at Sportages Furkan did a piece about a year ago with uh, Rebecca McCree, which was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she was obviously, uh, I believe, ranked in the top fifteen. She was hearing um, impaired, right? Uh, yes, she was hearing that. impaired and still made it into, you know, the top of the the top of the pop, so to say, and uh, had an impressive story because she was obviously well known for being fiery on the court as well and not taking mm. uh, anything from anybody and uh, be willing to give it back. So to bring her on, get in touch with her, that was awesome. And we were connected to her by Carla Khan, who, of course, comes from the famous Khan family and yeah. uh, you know Carla had a lot of things to say about squash in, in Pakistan and that's obviously mm. something that's very personal to me uh, we've had Jeff Hunt which was amazing oh, because I got to yeah. speak to him uh, it, thank uh, you just to stop yeah. you there I just had uh, yeah. I just spoke with Rodney Martin I had him on my podcast yeah. and yeah. Uh, just like looking at him in the you know on the zoom thing it was like, oh my god it's Rodney Martin you know, this is but this was my hero. Look, growing up, I, I had to <laughs> stop myself a couple times. You know, <laughs> it's incredible. You, know, you don't have this. Yeah. Type of, I mean, squat. That's why it's such a niche uh, opportunity for for people like us because these guys. Yeah. I, I I'll never forget who it was, Raneem El Walili. When I mm-hmm. did uh, my podcast with her, it was her first podcast. Yeah. She's like wow. world champion. This was only like two years ago, or maybe a year and a half yeah. ago. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's stunning. You know, sometimes I reach out to squash athletes because another thing, Jerry, which I perhaps didn't touch on, is that we really like to cover the story of athletes outside the top 50 people you wouldn't really hear from. And you know, I've reached out to squash players, and they've been like, "But why do you want to interview me?" I mean you know what, like, like, it's almost like they're, they're shocked. Uh, and, and that's really sad because they have really interesting stories to tell because they're 
going on the tour, but they're doing it part-time. They're working a full-time job in some cases, looking for sponsors, have sponsors just about enough to make a living, maybe not. And it's so wonderful to see that their passion for the sport pushes them and continues to enable them to keep playing. And, and yeah. those really are the sort of stories that we also see in terms of metrics and data that do really, really well and people want more of. So you've obviously got the side with, you know, we had uh, Rahmat Khan on, who you've obviously had on yeah, as well. I've great. heard that yeah. podcast of yours. Yeah. So we had him on the video cast a couple of weeks ago. Um, we, you know, we've had a bunch of people from those uh, sort of, you know, the legends and the top athletes, but it's, it's often also the athletes you don't really hear from that often that really strike a chord with our readers, viewers, listeners, and also with us personally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, some of the really good ones that I've had too, uh, I remember interviewing Sebastian uh, Aprimi. He was the, uh, he represented Colombia in the, I forget what it was, Colombian, uh, cross-country skiing in the Olympics, but he also was uh, quite a decent squash player in America, played semi-pro in, in America. Uh, I got to get back to that. You guys do, uh, do a good, uh, good job with that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I think it's 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 also great what you're doing on your end. And I've said this to you before, Jerry, I think that, you know, if you do an interview, we can take on the other side after the podcast and do a written piece. So that oh, offer oh, is still open. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's flesh that out uh, later on. Okay. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's my old age. I, I kind of forget these things that we talked about before. But uh, yeah, before we get into Sportageous, though, uh, Zushin, uh, uh, you also mentioned earlier you spoke with um with Stuart Boswell yeah uh, yeah and uh I mean he was obviously one of the best in the game during a really really great generation of, uh, of squash yeah. I mean during uh JP and uh Amr Shaban and Nick Matthew uh Peter Nickel during that period now he's running uh, I think he's sort of uh, leading the Australian men maybe even women's national teams over there but, yeah. uh so what, what, what's his take and how, what's his view on uh, the way things are progressing for Australia squash right now? Because obviously uh, we, there's no, you know, it's obvious that, you know, they're in a, a period where they're not where they once were. It's been like that for a few years. Yeah, look, I mean, Jerry, there's no, uh, I don't think anyone's hiding, hiding the fact that squash in Australia is nowhere near where it once was. And, um, you know, Squash Australia recognizes that as well whenever I've spoken to them. And, uh, you know, when we did a small five-minute chat with, with Stuart uh, for Sportageous, which I think is up on our social media, uh, you know, he said exactly the same thing. And unfortunately, you know, money has a big part to play in that when, where, you know, you're a good athlete when you're in school or high school, why would they push you to take up squash if you can set yourself up for life? Not even playing tennis, but Australian football, AFL, which is really big here, or rugby or cricket. Uh, so squash comes down pretty far down the pecking order. However, you know, there are a lot of good initiatives. I think uh, squash, in my opinion, I, I don't know if you, you, you intend to ask me a few questions on this side of things, but I think... Australia is the ideal place for open air squash courts. Oh, yeah. uh, we yeah. need 
we need a lot of those with the sort of weather we have in, in Queensland and New South Wales and Western Australia. We can essentially have open air courts like a skate park, you know, mm. um, where people walk by and they see well, people playing. Sorry to interrupt. I mean, that, that really opens up a whole new this would really help. This would really do a lot for squash. I mean, you're you're talking uh, maybe redoing the whole squat, you know, squash schedule on the pro tour, uh, you know, things like that. You're talking about new ideas in terms of an Olympic bid, uh, you know, yeah. all, all yeah, that. Look, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Look, I agree. I, I completely agree, Jerry. And I think that there's, you know, that's very much though at the top level. I feel that at the grassroots, yeah. what's the biggest problem uh, to build youth participation? I look at a club, more, a lot of clubs, not all clubs, in uh, some clubs in Australia. And to me, it doesn't seem attractive. Like we've got an amazing squash club, just a two minute walk from where I live, shout out to the Woden uh, Squash Center. And, you know, they've got this amazing graffiti of like diverse people playing squash all over their walls. And, and you know, it's really attractive to young people. So mm. that would want you to, that would want a person to go in and check it out. Unfortunately, I used to play at a squash court in Sydney where it was a building, a really, really old 40, 50 year old building. And you had to go through the car park and then you get into the squash court and it's so demotivating as compared to say, I don't know if, if I check out a tennis court or another like a badminton or another racket sport, they're far more attractive. So that grassroots level, in my opinion, is, is very, very key to have these sort of open air courts and, um, you know, promote the game by enabling it to be more visually available. Yeah, well, I think this is a good way to sort of segue into uh, the squash summit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, great way to, because I mean, you uh, obviously the squash summit's coming. I think it's March fourth and fifth. Fifth uh, and sixth. Fifth and sixth. Yep. March fifth and sixth, yep. and uh, you've got an incredible uh, uh, two-day lineup of people coming on. Uh, Alex Goff, keynote speaker. Uh, will be uh, setting the tone, I think, and uh, you've got a, a yeah. lot of uh, guests. So, first of all, um, before we get into the the, yeah. the dirty, uh, the, the nitty gritty details, there, uh, who, uh, where, where'd the idea for the summit uh, uh, come from? Yeah, look, I mean, honestly, I had never come across uh, myself and Furkan and the Sportageous team. We'd never come across a squash conference, you know, we're on LinkedIn quite a bit and I come across sports technology conferences, soccer, cricket, NFL, rugby, whatever it is, you know, I come across a lot of them, tennis, uh, badminton. I've seen conferences on badminton. I didn't come across anything with squash and it's only after we launched the squash summit that we realized that there are others that exist out there. But the idea was basically uh, one you know, there's a lot of chatter on Facebook groups, on Reddit, uh, squash focused places. Why don't people get to talk to the, the administrators and the professionals? And why isn't there enough opportunity to engage? And we thought, look, what better than to bring on board, you know, some of the more uh, professional administrative focused people and then also people who are you know, not your regular sort of everyday people you would have found at a squash conference, 
um, if there was one. And I know that um, I believe Ignacio in Argentina does a really good uh, conference over there, but it's mostly sort of uh, Spanish and Latin America focused. So we wanted to do that on a, on an English sort of uh, English speaking outlet and then do it on a global scale. And that's really where the idea came from to generate this discussion, create opportunity for engagement and really hear about what the future of the game is. And, you know, we had a lot of thought we wanted to bring like a, perhaps like a legendary player from the past to come and speak as a keynote speaker. But we thought, will they really be providing us with what are the steps forward? And mm. sure, they have ideas, but they may not necessarily be involved in implementing those, which is why we obviously went for our two keynote speakers, Zena, who's just Zena Woldridge, who's just come in at the WSF as the president, uh, and then Alex Goff at the PSA. So they're opening each day, which will be fantastic. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's really great. And uh, I think, you know, um, you've generated quite a bit of traction there uh, uh, through social media because now it's out there. People are talking about it. And that just uh, speaks to what you said earlier. There really wasn't much of that in, in the English uh, speak, in terms of English speaking access. Uh, not much yeah. of it anyways. I'd never seen uh, sort of, you see, I hear about coaching summits and, you know, that's kind of geared towards only coaches or players or or management or business side of things. But this is a all-encompassing kind of summit, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, of course, I recognize that perhaps this would be more attractive to people within who are somehow involved in squash, not arguably not necessarily to the casual social squash player, um, but to anybody who's running a club, who is a coach who does a, who's in the media side of it, like yourself and us, um, federations, you know, people with the academies, people who are looking to invest in the game, people who have innovative ideas for building new sort of squash courts, uh, the run of the mill, all of them, essentially, this is sort of what we are doing. And of course it is, I will say it is completely free because people often ask, is it, do you have to pay to register? No, 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 no. That's not we like would a TED not. Talk, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and You're paying yeah. on the leg to go to one of those. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're, not, we're, we're not doing this in person and organizing uh, lunch and uh, morning tea and afternoon tea for you as we do in Australia. So do we don't virtually. have any costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can enjoy it for free virtually, and we have no cost to cover in that uh, context. So we're not going to charge you for it. It's it's completely free for everyone, and uh, that's one of the things that we emphasize, and that sort of lives by the sportageous way. Yeah. Uh, now you've got some really. I, I looked at the lineup, and some of the names uh, are very familiar, and a couple of my friends are actually coming on. Uh, but uh, one guy in particular uh, I, I've had on my podcast twice, maybe, I think, uh, Alan yeah. Factor. And he's, uh, you know, people yeah. know him from his website, uh, Squash Mad, which is uh, one, of the, one of the good ones out there that really focuses on the, the game. And Alan's been in the game at all levels for a long time. But he's really these days been making uh, sort of uh, inroads and in trying to make uh, progress in terms of what you talked about earlier, uh, developing yeah. the game and growing it through the grassroots uh, level. Uh, am yeah. I correct in uh, guessing that that's kind of going to be what he'll be uh, getting at uh, on 
uh, during his yeah. day on day one? Yeah, firstly, Jerry, I have to say, Alan, Alan's a phenomenal guy and he's been so, so helpful to uh, the growth that Sportages has seen on the squash side of things. I think uh, having, you know, been, he, he actually reached out to me a long time ago now. And from there, just the sort of assistance, the support, the guidance that he's provided uh, hats off, you know, Alan's, Alan's an awesome guy who's really, really passionate about the game. And, um, you know, of course we had to have him on because exactly what you said, he will be talking about, uh, a lot of that, his squash 200 project that he's, yeah. he's working on and, uh, building, That's the you know, building sort of that, 200 new yeah. squash courts. Uh, yeah. I forget exactly what, what's the exact initiative again, so it's it's building 200 squash courts by uh, 200 new squash courts by the 200th anniversary of squash. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I can't tell you when that date is exactly, but I'm sure your listeners would definitely know. Uh, <laughs> You'll get into it on, on day one, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's also going to be talking about World Squash Day, of course, which is just an awesome uh, initiative and uh, the, you know, the 2021 uh, iteration of it, because I believe it'll be 20 years since they did the first one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so, we talked about that uh, on the podcast and it was just, you know, I, yeah. I kind of remember little bits and pieces of the early days. It was when Peter Nick, yeah. it was right after 9-11, uh, Peter Nickel. Yeah, yeah. And the guys got together and they, they did something and it grew and grew. And then it became what it is now. I think, I think that's how it played out. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, yeah. it's phenomenal. And a lot of people, I will say a lot of people are very, very keen to hear what Alan has to say. I've been yeah. speaking to a lot of people and they're like, Oh yes. I'm looking forward to that one, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to pull any punches, that's for sure. And, yeah. <laughs> and he's got really, really, uh, I mean, what, you know, he's got some great ideas that, you know, if, if we can sort of work together and build on it and, you know, yeah. uh, hopefully the game uh, will benefit from it. You've also got uh, a few others. Um, a guy that I know and sort of grew up playing with is uh, Mac, yeah. Maxim uh, Withers. The, on the mm -hmm. mental side of things. And uh, yep. Max uh, actually uh, uh, played in, he played in Toronto and I never, he was a bit older than me, but he, he was sort of, he yep. coached me a little bit back in the day and yep. uh, very good player himself, but uh, he's famous uh, for having coached uh, Miguel Rodriguez and helping him win the yep. British, uh, the British open uh, that year. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Maxim's another great guy. I, I, Got in touch with him and, you know, I, I asked him um, to introduce me to some athletes. And then suddenly I was introduced to the whole squash world. And I was a bit like, Maxim, this is too much at one time. You know, we need to take it a little bit slower because I can't keep up with all of them. Uh, and he's yeah. been uh, he's he's a really nice guy. And I think obviously what he did with Miguel is phenomenal. And it's something that everybody is recognizing is more and more important uh, as, as a part of uh, sport. And there is, you know, more access to it as well in sports and squash needs that as well. And we've seen that uh, in that particular example. So his, his chat is very much going to be around the importance of mindset and mental coaching and how that can enable players to really take their game to the next level. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I play a little bit of golf uh, these days as well, and uh, I can't. The body can't take five days of squash a week anymore. But uh, uh, yeah, but one of the biggest things in golf, in order to play well, is just to avoid any overly technical thoughts when you enter and when you when you play. And uh, and the same applies to squash. You don't really. There are a few guys out there that are doing uh, the mental side now, like Jesse Engelbrick from. Um, squash yeah. skill he's got his squash mind app which is out yeah. there. but, but yeah. um uh max has been at this for a while and obviously um the proof is in the pudding there with with miguel but yeah. uh, i think the same thing applies right with, with squash you when you i'm sure when you you can attest to this as well you've played your best squash when you get on court and you you just things just happen automatically and you're not even thinking about anything you're just out there and having a good time Absolutely. Um, the more you, from my very uh, amateur uh, level of squash uh, and, you know, my time in the court, the more I think about beating uh, my opponent uh, and the more I focus on winning, uh, the, the further down south it goes. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As soon as you start yeah. thinking, think, okay, I got to win this point. It's, it's uh, yeah. digging a deeper, deeper hole for yourself. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you've also got, um, uh, a few others uh, coming on who, are, who are the other highlights and, and what would you like to people to be aware of, uh, in terms of the summit? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, Alex Goff and, and Zena Woldridge will both be on to talk about the uh, what's been happening during during the pandemic, what the future plans are post-pandemic, how does the sport pick up again at that very high uh, level, you know, right from the top, essentially. And those will be wonderful opening keynotes and very great sort of uh, uh, op uh, topics to set the tone. One of the things, Jerry, that we are doing and we have emphasized throughout the Squash Summit will be happening is that each speaker will speak to a maximum of 15 to 20 minutes. And mm -hmm. then depending on that, there will be 15 to 10 minutes of Q&A with everybody. So okay. we want that discourse to be creative. We want, whether it's someone from a federation, a coach, a player, to have that access to all the speakers, uh, to communicate with them, to chat to them. We will also have a virtual lounge. Uh, mm -hmm. We are hosting it on AirMeet. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, they they do a phenomenal job. We'll have virtual booths with our sponsors. You're bringing, you're bringing and the sportageous, the, the, the sportageous flavor to, to the summit. This is, it's got everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, we want to make it as realistic as possible while it is obviously taking place virtually. And we want to give everyone the opportunity to engage and chat and have a conversation. Um, some of the other speakers you know, one that I'm really looking forward to, and, I, and I'm really, really glad that she agreed to come on, is, is Maya Mbinge from Zambia. Okay. And, you know, she runs a squash academy there called Simply Squash. And it's basically a platform and an avenue for, for women who, who are stuck in their day jobs and uh, work with other, other people, uh, you know, don't have a lot going on in their uh, lives aside from work and family gives them an outlet 
come play the game and it's growing rapidly. And, you know, she's got all these programs that help them then also get young girls to get into education, self-development, all of that. And she's doing this in Zambia. And, you know, she herself has always played the game, but quit a 20 year career in finance to do this. And, you know, she's made the jump. And I think that's going to be a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal one. As as you mentioned, you know, you'll be having uh, Kenzie on soon. Those are amazing, amazing MC. And she's she's awesome. She knows how to do this stuff really well. She's in my neck of your old neck of the woods. Sorry. She's in my neck of the woods here in Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mm. And, you know, she. She's all over it. She's she's a marketing whiz, um, and and it's great to have her on board. We've got a lot of awesome other awesome speakers as well. We've got the squash tech session, which yeah, which will cool. include Mark Marcos from right. Interactive Squash, who everyone loves listening to Marcos. He has awesome things to say. Quite yeah. the visionary sort of person. Um, Paul Meller from Racketware. Uh, we all know how they've sort of taken things things by storm with their sensor. And uh, Richard from Squash Levels, who I think needs no introduction, Squash Levels is everywhere. And yeah. they're doing some wonderful work. And he's really going to sort of touch on the data side of things. Um, so, And then, of course, Sarah Jane Perry oh, is, yeah, is exactly. going to be there, women's, women's president at the PSA, talking about um, the... Uh, you know, women, women squash and, and what's going on in, in that world. Um, we've already touched on Alan, Maxim. I feel like I'm missing out on a couple of people and I don't want to from the top of my head. Yeah. Well, um, if people want to look at the itinerary. They can go to, yeah. they can spend or sign up obviously to, to sign up and uh, participate as a, uh, you know, as a, in the audience or contribute to the forum there. Uh, where do they have to go uh, yeah. to do that? Sushant? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so they just go over to thesquashsummit.com. So that's www.thesquashsummit.com. And I did forget to mention Carlos from El Salvador. All right. Yeah. With, yeah. with Squash Paratodos and the amazing stuff he's doing with his short wall open air squash. Yeah, I saw that. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, especially on the heels, uh, you know, may, maybe Alan would follow him. I, I'm not sure how it looks, but yeah. that's something that, that Alan was very, uh, you know, talking about the open air squash. And it's yeah. something that a lot of the, the squash minds out there are in agreement with. Absolutely. And I forgot to mention the one other person, Jerry, who I have to mention is mm-hmm. the new CEO of Squash Australia, Robert Donahue. So he will be speaking. I believe it'll be his first sort of public engagement oh, great. Uh, okay. as, as the new CEO. And, and, you know, he's, he seems to be like a, he seems to be a great guy. Uh, no barriers and chatting to him, emailing him, talking to him. So he has a lot in his, on his mind in terms of the future of squash in Australia, which will be his topic for the day. That's awesome. Well, they, he pulled off a great national event uh, last weekend yeah. and, uh, you know, things look good. Yeah. And the Squash Summit sounds uh, absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm excited. I'll be, uh, I haven't signed up yet, but I will be. So I'll be at, I'll be at all the sessions, uh, inshallah. Yeah. Um, I was just saying, Jerry, it's perfect for you in the UAE because it's a Friday and a Saturday. So you've got the oh. weekend and, and it doesn't bother you in your evening socials as well, because it goes from like one 
p.m. to 4 p.m. over there oh, so you perfect. can get on okay. with your yeah <laughs> i think oh, i think that, that, the, that's ideal yeah it's set up i think the gulf the gulf yeah the gulf has it the best no doubt about it <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean the uh it's interesting i'm, I'm going to be speaking with uh, kenzie uh early next week and uh you've probably realized while you were here in the uae that uh, you know squash there's a lot of squash here but there's not a lot of sort of uh, administrative stuff going on behind the scenes. It's very yeah. uh, strange. Uh, and I'm wondering, you know, Kenzie's obviously young and she's got a lot of energy. Uh, I haven't spoken to her. I know a little bit about her backstory. She's obviously- I've just lost your audio now. Oh. Gotcha. You got me? Yeah. Yeah, she's obviously uh, quite an intelligent girl with, and, and driven to, to do uh, stuff for the game. So. I'm interested yeah. to hear uh, what he thinks about, you know, just here in this region, in, in the UAE, because there's a lot of squash courts and there are a lot of people playing squash, but there's, you know, there's really no federation. There's nothing like that assisting the game here. So it, it seems like uh, something needs to be, something could be done to improve uh, things. I'm sure she's got ideas. Yeah. In terms of that, absolutely. I think Kenzie Kenzie's doing some great work, which I sure I'm sure she'll be telling you about when you guys have a chat. And uh, it's it's really good to see what she's doing because uh, you don't I uh, you would know better than me, Jerry. But I don't see a lot of uh, UAE nationals playing. And you might remember I, I no. reached out to you because uh, you know my my dad when he used to play, he played quite a few games with uh, one of the sheikhs. Um, who who actually won a gold medal at the Olympics in shooting, and apparently okay, he was he was a really really good squash player. And you know my my dad would play quite a bit with him, and he said yeah he he had the quality you know. And I have never heard about that story uh, aside from him and a few aside from my dad and a few of his friends who played mm -hmm. against that sheikh. So you know why not use that platform? to yeah. sort of grow it within the Emirati community there because active lifestyle is the new thing. I, I've been to Dubai and the UAE quite often. I was in Ras Al Khaimah where you are and uh, my, my Emirati friend awesome, took me. Yeah, yeah my, my Emirati friend took me to like a health cafe, right? So it's all happening, right? Yeah. So healthiest sport in the world, let's, let's talk about it and let's, let's grow it and hopefully well, initiatives like Kansi's can make it happen. Yeah, Qatar uh, sort of laid has sort of got a template over there. I mean, they, obviously they don't have a lot of great players, but they have one really, really good player, Abdullah Al Tamimi, and several yeah. other young players coming through. Uh, they've invested. Obviously, there's money there invested in the game because they have state-of-the-art facilities for these uh, for their program. Yeah. But how did they get there? Uh, uh, yeah. You think the UAE? There, there's money here. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll go there with, with Kenzie and see what she uh, has to say. <laughs> but uh, Zushan, it's a long, long overdue. Uh, it was fantastic uh, catching up. Are we missing anything in terms of uh, the summit? Uh, uh, nothing really, Jerry. I think we've yeah. got everything. Of course, registrations are free. We have a lot of sponsors on board, which has been fantastic for us. Um, I will just say that, um, you know, we, we've sold out our diamond and platinum categories of, of the Squash Summit. Uh, well we've got a few gold and silver sponsors as well. And 
living by the Sportageous way, I will just say, uh, you know, we've kept the sponsorships really, really low to the point where our diamond sponsor asked us uh, why it's so cheap. <laughs> okay. So, well, so that's how you guys yeah. roll, right? I mean, you guys, you know, you, you yeah. keep it, uh, you know, everything is free. There's a reason yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone attending, you know, they can register through our socials or of course the squatchsummit.com. And look, Jerry, thank you so much for obviously helping oh. us and enabling us highlight it. Please do register, mate, because you'll get a reminder before oh, the event well as well. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm definitely and, going uh, going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't Fantastic. Well, look, looking forward to, you know, uh, sharing this, this podcast around and always continuing to support your work as well through the Sportages channels as we do. And yeah. uh, let me, let me know if we can ever assist with anything else made. And thank you for having me on. I mean, on your podcast, you know, some of the greatest names in squash have been on here. So for me, it's like this outsider from some random place who, who's by no ways even a good social level squash player is chatting amongst, you know, heroes and legends. It's, it's well, been absolutely- Don't sell yourself short there, Tushan. You've got Sportageous and, uh, you know, from where, you, where we were when we first chatted even back then you were doing good things but now uh things have grown and that's just a testament to uh the quality that you're doing uh putting out there and the work ethic and the you know just everything involved there so really really uh, good stuff all the best with the, with the uh the sports summit and i'm going to definitely take you up on uh, the collaboration side uh, to to expand my brand through sportage absolutely mate an absolute pleasure and uh yeah we'll talk soon well, that's it. That's the Squash Summit, and it's coming up again on March 5th, March 6th. Uh, you want to go to Sportageous, that social uh, media platform. Uh, go to Sportageous.com and register there. Uh, day one, uh, March 5th, you'll have the keynote speaker, Alex Goff. Day two, March 6th, you'll have Xenia Woolbridge, and uh, each day has a fantastic uh, lineup. So take a look at that and uh, sign up for it. Now, uh, coming up uh, this week. I just got confirmation yesterday that uh, the next uh, pod will be coming through and uh, I don't want to jinx it but it's going to be uh, going to be very good. Uh, I know you're going to enjoy it so uh, stay tuned for that. We also have several more uh, coming up. Uh, a couple of more related to uh, the Squash Summit. Uh, Kanzi Defrawi. Uh, uh, apologies for mispronunciation of the family name there but I hope I got that right uh, but anyway she's here in Dubai uh, as a squash pro she had a, a collegiate uh, career there in, in the US and also she's been here uh, coaching uh, at a club in Dubai we're going to uh, see what she's up to there in Dubai and get her thoughts on squash in the UAE which is a very, uh, very unusual place I mean you'd think that Dubai would have uh, I mean there are a lot of courts around but there's absolutely no sort of uh, organization at the at the uh, feder federation level there's nothing out there in terms of a uh 
really uh, vibrant uh, you know program there are no really no tournaments per se there, there are leagues but they're run sort of haphazardly uh, there's no junior national team no men's national team to speak of so no no real uh, organized development I'd like to get her thoughts on that because I know that, that she's very uh, passionate about the game she's involved with the uh, the squash summit as well and we'll be talking about that too and we've got several uh, several more upcoming so stay tuned for the podcasts that are coming up uh, please share them uh, on your social media spread the word uh, I've had some awesome feedback had some great feedback on the on the uh, Rodney Martin episode and uh, we'll be taking that uh, and going forward with that and I just want to thank all of you for for sharing and for listening now. Uh, I hope your squash is going well, too. Uh, I just had my second uh, dose of the Sinopharm vaccine. Uh, no side effects till now. Uh, and I even played two days after that dose. Played it. Uh, felt great. Um, hopefully going to be playing this week. Uh, I know it's not uh, the case for many of you out there. Uh, just hang in there. Things are going to get better. 2021, uh, you know, I think it's a getting off to a bit of a better start but let's hope uh, that every one of us can get back out on the squash court uh, sooner rather than later Uh, happy valentine's day to everybody out there as well happy lunar new year as well to uh, all my asian uh, listeners and friends there in uh, in korea and china uh, japan Uh, everybody i just want you to all take care be safe be healthy and uh, all the best goodbye now